we have seen that karma and discipline are involved with each of these three graduated spiritual aims. And we have also seen that the way that karma works, the way that it uh, functions, how it perpetuates various sufferings. So from destructive uh, behavior, what that brings about is experiencing being unhappy. And we experience nasty things happening to us similar to what we did to others. And we experience feeling like repeating our destructive behavior. And from our uh, constructive behavior, but uh, still we're talking about compulsive behavior, we experience this ordinary happiness that never lasts and never satisfies. And nice things occurring to us, but again, they don't last. Similar to what we did. But from both of them, what constructive and destructive actions, we experience uncontrollably recurring rebirth. We're reborn over and over and over again. Because compulsively, when we die, we grasp on for another body. We want to continue existing. Okay, so first, to fulfill the first aim, to stop the suffering of suffering, of unhappiness, we need the ethical self-discipline of refraining from destructive behavior. Right? This, uh, when we feel like acting destructively, not to do it. We need that discipline. To do this, we have to stay mindful. Now we have mindfulness. Mindful of the unhappiness and suffering that would follow if we acted out that feeling. What we wanted to want to do. I want to yell at you. Mindfulness. That's a difficult uh, term. Something bewertigung. I forget the German word. What it is, it's the mental glue. It is the same word as remembering. It's not opposite. It is remembering. So, always remembering. That's what we mean by mindfulness. All right. What is the, the word? Uh, something with vergegenwärtigung. So, you're, I, don't, I have no idea what that means in German, by the way. It means calling something back after it has slipped. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what it is. It's the glue that holds us so that we're always remembering. And if you lose it, you have to remember again. This is you know, I forget that, I, that this is going to cause me a problem. So I want to hold on to that and remember it. That's mindfulness. Right? So we need concentration. And to stay with it, to hold to on. And for this, we need a caring attitude. We care about the effect of our behavior on ourselves and on others. So we take our lives seriously, we care about how we act, and so we're careful. Then we also need to pay attention to what I feel like doing. This is awesome, kind. We have to watch out for feeling the compulsion to act or speak and think in a destructive way. And then we need alertness. Alertness is that when we detect that I feel like acting compulsively in a destructive way, when I detect that, when I notice that, that's what alertness does. No, when we, when we, not that it is, that it is going to have its disadvantages. It's going to make me. It's going to bring problem. So we detect that. Well, I feel like acting destructively, and then it, it, the alertness rings the alarm. Ding, 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 ding. So then, because of the alarm, because of the alarm, then we use attention to. We notice it, so the attention helps us to 
uh, bring that mindfulness back and reframe. These are the pieces that are involved. It's very uh, important to differentiate clearly. Right? Basically the mental glue, mindfulness, which stays there with concentration. And we're paying attention to how we're, what we feel like doing because we, remember, we care about what we will experience. And if that, what we notice is that we're feeling like acting destructively and we've lost that mindfulness, then that alertness, which is keeping a watch, that detects it, the alertness, fox of kind, that will then activate the restraint so we don't act it out. And we set that mindfulness again. Do you follow that? The main thing that we, we need with this type of discipline, we need it in concentration meditation as well, is the mindfulness. Hold on. Right? Mental glue. Hold on Mental to the object. Habit. Hold on to the state of mind that you want to develop. Hold on to remembering that if I act destructively, it's going to cause me unhappiness. So that glue. Very important. Then everything else follows from that. If you're setting the glue, then you're paying attention and you would be alert when that glue loosens. And if you care about what you're going to experience, you'll set it again. Remember again. And the more that we practice this, the more easily we will remember that if I deal in a destructive way, it's just going to bring more unhappiness. Now, to fulfill the second aim, liberation from the suffering of change, that's our ordinary happiness, and all-pervasive suffering. To fulfill the second aim, which is liberation from the suffering of change, that's our ordinary happiness, and the all-pervasive suffering that's uncontrollably recurring rebirth. To do that, we have to stop activating the karmic potentials and tendencies. So, how do we activate them? You activate them so that they would give a result. So, what activates them? And what activates them is how we respond to feeling happy or unhappy. First, we have what's called craving. It's literally the word thirst. Right? We, if we're feeling unhappy, we crave, like a thirsty person, to be parted from that unhappy feeling. And if we're feeling this ordinary happiness, which of course never lasts, then... Like a thirsty person, we want to not be parted from it. It's like when you're really, really thirsty, and you have a little sip of water, then you crave not to be for, for the water to you know, for someone to be deprived to be deprived of the water. You know, you're only going to have a little sip, and then you, know, you don't want that somebody's going to take the glass away because you're really thirsty. So that starts the activation process, right? Feeling unhappy, and oh, I've got to get rid of this. You freak out, right? And I'm feeling happy, and oh, you know, I want this to last. I don't want it to stop. Then, second step is that we grasp for a solid me, the me who needs to be freed from the suffering and not parted from the happiness. Grasp for a solid me who has to be freed from the suffering. I have to be freed from suffering. Me, I have to never be parted from happiness. Me, me, me. Right? As if there's some separate independent me that has to be happy regardless of what's going on. That's what activates 
karmic tendencies and potentials, this combination. I'm simplifying, by the way. So we're doing that all the time. We want to stay unhappy, and we don't want our happiness to end all the time. It doesn't have to be conscious. It could be an unconscious process that's going on. So in order to stop that, we have to realize what's called voidness, which is that the that projection of me existing as some independent, separate thing that has to always be happy and never unhappy and so on, that doesn't correspond to reality. Right? Voidness means no such thing. It doesn't correspond to reality. Right? So if we can understand that and stay focused with that, that now I'm experiencing happiness, now I'm experiencing unhappiness, so what? Okay, that's things go up and down. No problem. We're not freaking out about the whole thing. And me, me, I have to be happy. And this thing that I'm experiencing is so terrible. And it has to... Uh, yeah, we make a big deal out of it. This yeah. is what you have to stop. Right? Because that activates these karmic tendencies and potentials. I don't like... I'm unhappy. And I don't like what you're doing. And so that... If I grasp me, 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 I... I don't like it. I don't want this to you to continue. I don't want to stay unhappy with what's going on. And then that activates that tendency to yell at you, to be hostile toward you, and then compulsively I yell. The yeah. tendencies and potentials. So that I feel I'm like yelling it. Then compulsively I act out that wish. Well, very interesting. So, if you can realize that, okay, you just relax. Happy, unhappy, okay, no big deal. You're not activating karma. I mean, obviously, it has, the understanding has to be quite deep to be able to uh, get to this level. I'm simplifying it, but just to give you the general idea. Right? And as I explained, a cause can only be a cause if there is in relation to there being a result. If there can't be a result, then there is no cause. So you can't say that there is a potential anymore. Okay, so that's how you get rid of it. And also with that understanding of voidness, no solid me and so on, you also get rid of the disturbing emotions that would accompany destructive behavior or compulsive behavior in general. So at the same time as starting to slow down the process of activating old karmic aftermath, we stop more compulsiveness arising. In other words, our understanding of, say, no solid me, to put it simply. It won't activate old karmic tendencies and potentials. And the ones that still ripen, because it will take a long time to get rid of them, it will weaken these the anger and so on that could really, you know, when that, when that feeling to yell arises, that we won't act it out. So it will help us to lessen creating more karma. So we need the ethical self-discipline to stay mindful of voidness, to stay mindful that, to put it very simply, Happy, unhappy, so what? Right? There's no need that, oh, I have to be happy all the time, and I can't be unhappy. Yeah? It's very interesting if you think in terms of what happens now. 
I have to be entertained all the time, this type of thing. I have to have music all the time. I have to have the television all the, on all the time. Otherwise, I'm going to be unhappy. This is activating old karma. Right? They're afraid, they're freaked out to be quiet, to, oh, I'll be unhappy if I'm not listening to music. There's people who have their iPods going on in their ears all the time. So we need to stay mindful, avoid this again with attentiveness, alertness, caring attitude. And then just very briefly, caring attitude. I care about what I'm going to experience. Then, to fulfill the third aim, just very briefly, to know fully the karma of others, we need the force of bodhicitta. It's called behind our understanding of voidness. Bodhicitta is that I am moved by deep, deep love and compassion for everybody. And I take responsibility that I really am going to help them or try to help them. And then we focus on our own individual enlightenment. My own individual enlightenment, not your individual enlightenment, not Buddha's individual enlightenment, but my own. Which hasn't happened yet, but which can happen on the basis of all my, what we call Buddha nature, potentials. Qualities of the mind, the purity of the mind, uh, etc. All our energies, I've got to overcome all these projections of putting things in boxes and so on because it's preventing me from helping others. And I have to reach the state in order to be able to best help everybody. And that puts much more energy behind our understanding of voidness, our understanding of reality, the interconnectedness of everything. So it breaks through the habits that cause our mind to make things appear in boxes. It gives much more energy behind it. It's easy to understand by a simple example. If I come home and I'm tired and I live by myself, I can just simply forget about making something for dinner and just relax and go to sleep. But if we have children, it doesn't matter how tired we are, we have that energy to make a meal for them and take care of them. So our concern for others, wanting to take care of them, to help them, and so on, gives us much more energy. So this is what's involved with this uh, third aim. We need the discipline to stay, well, to stop being just selfish thinking of ourselves, to think of others, and to aim for reaching the most highly developed state as possible, that of being a Buddha. This is a brief presentation of how we overcome negative karma, then all karma, then how we reach the state where we can understand others' karma and help them to overcome it. And obviously discipline is involved with all of them. But it's not just discipline because there are all these other factors that go with it. The mindfulness, attention, caring, and so on. And this understanding of voidness is important really throughout. Otherwise, you have a very dualistic way of approaching this. One me who's the policeman, and one another me who's the naughty one who has to be disciplined. If you approach this whole aspect, this whole topic of developing ethical discipline in that dualistic way, 
it's going to be very, very problematic. The point is to just do it. Right? Without, you know, oh, I've got to do this, and me, 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 and all of it. Terrible me, I'm so bad. Forget about all of that. Just do it. So, thank you very much. Again, we'll have a dedication. Whatever positive force, whatever understanding has come from this, may go deeper and deeper. Act as a cause for everybody to overcome all aspects of karma and all limitations.